listening to Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. This is the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once, when he was serving as a priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Zechariah saw him and was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias said to the angel, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized he had a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his house. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably upon me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. So it's cold and flu season, but you probably know that already, especially if you work in a school or a doctor's office or if you have any kids in your life. It just seems like everybody is sick these days. I've been lucky. I've managed to avoid the bug so far, but for the past couple weeks, I've watched friends and family members and colleagues drop one by one, so I know it's probably coming. During COVID times, we all became experts on contagion. We learned how contagious things spread, and we learned how to avoid them, like wash your hands often, and stay home, ideally completely by yourself. 
And if you have to go out in public, don't breathe or eat or talk and definitely don't sing around other people because that's particularly dangerous. Now as we enter into the season of Advent, I am again thinking about contagion, but of a different sort. I'm wondering about hope and whether or not it's contagious. Can you catch it? Can you spread it? Am I a carrier of it? Are you? We find the answer to some of these questions in our gospel text today. In our gospel story, we meet two people who have lost hope. Zachariah and Elizabeth. This couple wanted more than anything to conceive a child, but month after month, year after year, that hope went unfulfilled for them until too many years had passed, and along with those years, the hope of having a child. So Zachariah and Elizabeth went on with their lives as best as they could. Zachariah got up every morning and went to work, and Elizabeth learned how to live with the ache. They went through the motions day after day until they were exposed to something quite contagious. It was an angel of God, Gabriel, who was responsible for this exposure. Our text says that there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son and you will name him John and you will have joy and gladness. And there you have it, a seed of hope planted in Zachariah's heart and in his mind. And all of a sudden, this old man can't help but wonder if maybe, just maybe, this impossible thing were actually possible. So Zachariah goes home, and, and you can guess what happens there. He, he exposes his wife, Elizabeth, to this same hope that maybe one day they will have a child this child named John who will turn God's people to God. And then later on in this gospel text, Elizabeth exposes Mary to the hope that God can do impossible, improbable things. She helps Mary see that our God is a God of transformation and new life. She helps Mary believe that God's promises can be trusted. And then you know what Mary does? She breaks into song, and we all know that that's the most dangerous thing that you can do when there are contagious things going around, but she does it anyway. Mary's song, also known as the Magnificat, has been spreading hope to the hopeless, to the lowly, to the hungry, to the powerless for more than 2,000 years. So you see, hope is contagious. I've seen it firsthand here at Abiding Hope. Whenever we gather together, whenever we eat together, when we come to this table or to this font, when we talk with each other, when we sing together, we are spreading hope. As a matter of fact, we practically had a super spreader situation on our hands just, just this past week when members of the current refugee team met with members of the new refugee team to tell us all about their experience walking with an Afghan refugee family. 
as they told this group what it was like to receive the family at the airport and then to walk with them as they found housing and medical care for their children and got enrolled in school and learned how to drive, I could see it start to spread, the hope. The hope that maybe we too could make a very real difference in the lives of people who had lost everything, their community, their livelihood, their homeland. And as the hope started to spread amongst this group, it became clear that we could be, that we would be, the heart, hands, and feet of Jesus for this new family when they arrive in the United States. And then, we'll probably spread our hope to them too. Or this past week when I delivered prayer shawls, you know those prayer shawls that we blessed here in worship just a few weeks ago? I had the opportunity to deliver some of those to members of our congregation who are sick or sad or lonely. And when I handed those off, it was so clear that I was also passing along hope. I was exposing them to the hope that we have for them, to the hope that can only be found in the love of community and in the prayers of other people lifting your concerns up to God. The hope that we all find in the unshakable presence of God in difficult times. And we can't forget all of the hope that was spread here this past week during Family Promise. All of the hope that you passed along to those families who were living here in this building as we sheltered them and cared for them and fed them during the week. Thank you for spreading all of that hope. And those are just a few examples from one week here. Hope just runs rampant in this place. It's everywhere. It's impossible to avoid. So if you don't want to catch it, stay away. Don't come here and don't hang out with any of these people because they will give it to you. And then you'll go home and you'll give it to your family and your friends. You'll give it to your neighbors and maybe even strangers that you meet on the street. And then pretty soon everybody's going to have hope. It's cold and flu season, but it's also the season of Advent. And we call Advent the season of hope because hope is particularly transmissible at this time of year, thank goodness. A little contact tracing proves it. Gabriel to Zachariah to Elizabeth to Mary to a super spreader that's lasted 2,000 years. Or from you to me to my neighbor. I want to leave you with a poem about hope. It might not be a poem that you're familiar with, maybe not one you're thinking of. There's a poem about hope by Emily Dickinson that's quite famous. It has a line in it that many people know that says, hope is a thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without words and never stops at all. But there's another poem about hope that I like better. This one speaks more powerfully to me about what hope is. It's by an author named Caitlin Sieta from her book, My Broken Voice. And it's entitled, Hope is not a bird, Emily. It's a sewer rat. I used the poem here with her permission, but I've softened a few of the phrases also with her permission just to keep it family friendly. But she writes, hope is not a thing with feathers that comes home to roost when we need it the most. Hope is an ugly thing with teeth and claws and patchy fur. It's seen some rough stuff. 
It's what survives in the discards and in the ugliest parts of our world, able to find a way to go on when nothing else can even find a way in. It's the gritty, nasty little carrier of diseases such as optimism, persistence, perseverance, and joy, transmissible as it drags its tail across your path and bites you. Hope is not some delicate, beautiful bird, Emily. It's a lowly sewer rat that ingests pesticide and still shows up on time for work the next day, looking no worse for the wear. I love this poem because it reminds me that sometimes hope isn't pretty, but it's always tenacious and determined. It lives in dark and difficult places. It survives the worst that the world can throw at it and it will never, ever die. It's also very contagious. So if you don't have it already, I hope you catch it this Advent season and then spread it around. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>